Something inside me gave way in fury and hopelessness in the certainty of my own death. I felt Mal's blood beneath my palms, saw the pain in his beloved face. A vulcra screeched in triumph as its talons sank into my shoulder. Pain shot through my body, and the world went white. Welcome to Two Mourners. One Book Club. I'm Em. And I'm Jordy. Okay, so welcome to our podcast. This is clearly by the title a book club podcast, but it is inspired by the Shadow and Bone Grisha Verse series. So we thought it only fitting to start with Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. Yeah, we'll be working our way through both the Shadow and Bone trilogy, trilogy, and the um, Crow duology, and then into. The King of Scars duology. I was going to call it the Nikolai duology because that's how I think Basically. about it. So Honestly, we just want to get to the books where Nikolai is in it. Honestly, that's, that's the goal always. So we're going to be working our way through the entire Grishaverse together. And then from there, who knows what uncharted waters we'll cross. Maybe going back to our teen years and doing the Hunger Games. Oh, or... that would be fun. That would be good. I haven't reread the Hunger Games in a really long time. Fun fact, that's the only thing I've ever been grounded from is reading The Hunger Games because I got too into it the in Hunger high school. Games <laughs> the Hunger Games specifically. The Hunger Games specifically. You can um, read anything but The Hunger Games. Just reading in general, but I just happened to be reading The Hunger Games during that time. That tells you all you need to know about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I, I read The Hunger Games series as well. I haven't read the prequel yet. Um, I don't think I'm going to. I'm, okay. I'm very happy with the trilogy, um, I mean, mostly happy, but like, okay, I have this gripe with Suzanne Collins because she wrote another series that I really love called Gregor the Overlander. It was a five book series geared towards 12 year old boys, which naturally meant that I loved it. Cause I'm, I feel like I share that demographic a lot. Um, and it ended in the same kind of like bittersweet could have been better, could have been worse as the Hunger Games did. So that's just how she ends books. And it's frustrating. I also just really like to be happy, and I wouldn't say that that was a happy ending, so... No, it you know, wasn't. not great. It wasn't. Which, spoiler, this trilogy, I'm also conflicted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll if it's get... not explicitly happy, then I'm not happy. We'll get there when we get there, but I'm also definitely team happily ever after. I don't read books to be like, and then it grittily ended just like real life does. I read books to be happy, so... We'll get there, but <laughs> I'm, I'm of a mind with you on that. But All right. Today we're going through the first five chapters of Shadow and Bone. And we can start with a summary of chapter one and uh, kind of go from there. Yeah. So chapter one opens with our main character, Alina Starkov, looking off into the distance at the fold. And what's the fold? So the fold, also called the unsea, but mostly just called the mostly fold. Mostly the fold. Um, is a dark, desolate piece of land enveloped in darkness or shadow, and it cuts the country that they're in in half. So the country they're in is Ravka. It splits it in half, um, and the fold is really scary because if you try and cross it, good chance you're going to die. Um, <laughs> it's like, maybe don't. Yeah, so most people don't cross it, and that creates a big issue for the country because it's literally split in two. So she's looking into the fold, the big, scary piece of darkness in the middle of their country, and Alina's best friend, Mal, his name is Malian Oretsev, but mostly referred to as Mal. Um, she and he are both part of the first army. 
um, in their country, and they're preparing to cross the fold for whatever mission that they're going on. Uh, Mal and Alina are best friends, but they grew up in an orphanage in a town called Karamzin. So right off the bat, we have a tragic backstory mm-hmm. where they only have each other um, they're growing orphans. up. Orphans, really, really sad. Um, but now they're older and they're best friends. Um, she's really nervous to cross the fold. And again, like I said, most people who have tried to cross end up dying along the way. Because in the fold, they have monsters called Volcra that attack essentially anyone who enters. If they hear you, they'll attack. And I would say that they're described in the book as almost like bat-type creatures. Yes, they're kind of more like organic Dementor-ish creatures is how I saw them in my head. Like gargoyles, kind of. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's a good cross between like a pterodactyl, a bat, and a Dementor. And like the devil. (laughs) Yes. Dementa. Um, yes no I would agree with that they're scary and in in the book if you do choose to pick it up um there are some illustrations of Volcra and the unsee the fold they're really freaking scary so that gives you a pretty good idea they kind of look like the alien from alien but they can fly I will say we're also going to talk about the show Shadow and Bone on this podcast which we both love and we're waiting for season two um if anyone is listening please let us know when season two is going to be Please. released because we've been waiting for months. Filming has been wrapped for months, but we're not impatient about that at all. Um, <laughs> but the Volcra in the show are a little bit different from what I imagined in the book, and I kind of prefer them that way. Mm-hmm. Um, still terrifying, but a little less demon-ish, yeah. maybe? I would agree. They're more like animal and less demon, whereas in the book they feel like this oppressive like demonic force yeah i literally i think i think when i read the books i thought dementor but Mm -hmm. like pterodactyl dementor (laughs) dementor but make it pterodactyl (laughs) exactly dementor and pterodactyl font yeah pretty much pretty much so anyway mal and alina are getting ready to cross the fold with the first army um and alina's like lost in thought because the main character is always lost in thought at some point in the first chapter (laughs) you gotta have exposition somehow daydreaming thinking you know we're not gonna dog her for thinking because she is a woman and we love women who think yes um but while she's lost in her thought um mal pulls her back from the road that they're walking on because the carriage almost runs her over and whose carriage is that the darkling who is the, <laughs> I was going to say, the love of my life. Because <laughs> it's not. The love of my life is eating curry behind us. But the Darkling is portrayed by Ben Barnes, which if you know, you know. In the show, he is portrayed by Ben Barnes, which, to be fair, makes him a little more likable than in the it books. Does. It does. Um, but anyway, they're on this road. Mal pulls her back because a carriage, a gigantic black carriage that belongs to the Darkling, um almost runs her over and so the darkling is the general of the second army so remember i said mal and alina are part of the first army there's also a second army so the second army are made up of grisha and these are people who can harness essentially a small science some people describe it as magic Um, and there are three branches of those that we'll go over later but he's in charge of those of the grisha while the first army is essentially normal people soldiers people without powers um and you'll see a pretty stark difference in the way both are treated um within the country which also might be um a um what is it called um allegory an allegory to um maybe what's going on today i don't know we'll cut that out no it's true no it's (laughs) it's true um because 
this is a good as good a place as any to say that Lee Mardugo has crafted an incredible mm-hmm. world with the Grishaverse, and it feels very real because it is based on real European and Asian countries. So while the geography is different, and of course we don't have Volcra and unfortunately Ben Barnes running us over with carriages all the time. Um, That'd be nice. Uh, I wouldn't mind uh, it. Can you imagine? <laughs> but um, it is based, I would say, we, I want. I do want to be clear. We would not mind Ben Barnes running us over with a yes. carriage. We do mind Volcra. <laughs> that is not good. Yes. Yes. Excuse me. Um, Ravka, where they are, is based, I would say, pretty heavily on Russia. Mm-hmm. And fear that it's hard to say, like, the Scandinavian European nations. Yeah, like uh, Norway, Finland, yeah. Sweden. What else is over there? I think that's the three. I'm pretty sure. Don't start me lying. I don't know. Geography is not our strong suit, no. so <laughs> apologies for that. And but then yes. the Shuhan are kind of like the ambiguously Asian, which is, I'm sure we'll get to gripes because you can't love something without also acknowledging its mm-hmm. flaws. So the Shuhan is like encompassing all of like the Asian influence in this universe. And then there are a handful of islands that are very like Notre Dame or in very like Ireland and, and stuff like that in this world. But it's a really fleshed out, really realized You said Notre Dame, and world. my first thought was, no, like, University of Notre Dame. No. I was like, go Irish, but, like, why? No. It's like, they are not in this That's book. That's not. We'll get more into that when we cover um, the Crow's duology. But So there's a lot. It's, it's about Alina, but it's also about, like, this overarching political geographic struggle. Mm-hmm. Which, again, Lee Bardugo does a fantastic job of world building, <laughs> And everything is introduced um, on a pace within the sh- within the book um, that you understand and you're able to understand what everything is because you're like, what are Grisha? Well, we'll explain. Lee Bardugo is gonna does a better job than we could ever do um, <laughs> just talking, but we will explain um, as we continue to go. So, again, Mal just pulled Alina out. We have the first army, the second army, um, and. As they're walking, they get to their camp, um, and the first army and second army are camped at the same spot, but it's clear that it's pretty Super separate. Um, it is segregated. First army has very minimal um, provisions, whereas the second army has very flamboyant and extravagant um, comforts. Mm-hmm. Um, think like maybe World War II barracks for the first army, yes. and like. I can't, like, glamping. Glamping, For the second yeah. army, honestly. Actually, yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Um, <laughs> that's how intense it is. Grisha, like, glamping, it's confirmed. Um, but while they're, <laughs> as they get into camp, Mal goes um, to where the trackers are, because that's what he is in the first army, and Alina goes to the map-making tent, as she is a map-maker. Which I love that. That's so different. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, we love her using her talents, except it is noted in the book that she's, not super great at map making which is interesting it's like the only thing they could find that she had had like an aptitude for because she's really sickly she's really small Mm -hmm. like but in the show again we as we talk we'll make it clear what's in the show what's in the book but in the show she has an affinity for map making Mm -hmm. and for drawing um which i personally liked better i thought that was really good there are a lot of things about show alina that i like better than book alina um not least of those being that show alina is biracial yes and just um em and i are both half white and half not white team half so, over here let's go so seeing a protagonist that sh- like that was 
part of her story, it wasn't her entire story, Mm -hmm. but it colored the way that she experienced things was really, really cool. And so that was, I watched the show before I read the book. And so I kept waiting for that to be addressed in the book and it never happened. And that's because she was not written that way originally. Which I will say, I do think um, Lee Bardugo might have received some criticism about the lack of diversity in this trilogy, um, but she really took that to heart and rectified the situation with the later duologies and then in the show, making Alina biracial, making Mal ethnically ambiguous. Um, and, <laughs> and a good person. And a good person. <laughs> um, no spoilers no, yet. No spoilers um, We yet. don't want to ruin the characters of Alina and Mal for you. Yeah. Um, but um, rectifying that in the show and her acknowledging that and changing it for her later books, I think was really huge. And mm-hmm. so now when I read these books, I picture the characters in the show, which I prefer because they're not really described in the book, but you can kind of infer that they are white. Um, I think it, Mal is described as having like blue eyes mm-hmm. um, in the book. But, and being like pale. Yeah, and pale. So um, I do think that was a really great uh, difference in the show versus the book. But anyway, back to chapter one. We're almost done. Introductions. <laughs> um, so they're at the camp. Alina's with the map makers. Mal's with the trackers. Um, and later, of course, they're really nervous about crossing the fold. Alina's the only one who's expressing her nerves about crossing the fold. But neither of them can sleep. So they end up finding each other and having a deep, meaningful conversation. Um, it's pretty clear that Alina has feelings for Mal in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but she thinks that Mal is never going to see her as more than a friend. And she's like, at least I have a friend. Um which, poor Alina. Like, that's kind of a bummer. Honestly, but we've all been there. We're going to talk about it. Miscommunication trope. Everyone just have a conversation. Just have a conversation about how you feel. Yes. Um, but, and then maybe, you know, later on we might not have the issues that we do. But <laughs> um, that is how chapter one ends, is that they um, have that conversation. They're getting ready to go into the fold the next day. Um, and Alina and Mal are with each other. He's kind of trying to comfort her. Um yeah. And, like, assures her that, like, he can't do life. He, he like, would prefer yeah. her in his life. Um, but she's like, that doesn't mean he likes me. But oh, Call her miscommunication. Because that's, mm-hmm. like, truly... And that's the one note that I have written down here at the end of chapter one for my small annotations is that this sets you up. It's a little subtle, but especially if you stick with the books, you will see it's in first person, which is somewhat unusual for this genre of books but it also means that alina is not a reliable narrator so the way that she views events and experiences events are not necessarily the way they actually happened or what the other characters that she is viewing and seeing and kind of speaking for in her head are actually experiencing and this is i think like the first example of that I think you're right, but I, I kind of like comparing this book to the show, which mm-hmm. I typically don't love comparing books and shows, um, but in this instance, I will say I really enjoyed it because in the show, you can see Mal's point of view. You mm-hmm. can see the Darkling's point of view a little bit more. It's not limited. Um, it's not limited to Alina's point of view, um, and you kind of see what else is going on. So. Yep, Exactly. So that's chapter one. That's the exposition. And then we move into chapter two. So chapter two starts with Alina and the other cartographers. Um, Remember, Alina's a map maker. Um, The other cartographers preparing to board the sand skiff. So a sand skiff is the boat that is going to get them across the fold. Super cool. 
Very cool. The sand skiff, it's called a sand skiff because the fold, while called the unsea, has no water. Um, it's just dead it's sand. It's like death. Yeah, yeah, it's literally death. Um, and so the sand skiff is a boat that will get them across silently, um, hopefully safe, safely across the fold. And Yes, if you've ever watched Avatar The Last Airbender, it's what like the sand bending thieves who stole Appa like that's exactly it just bigger I have not watched <gasps> you no this is not how I wanted to find that I'm out so you, you'll really like it um I think any a lot of like the on the surface level the Grisha abilities are very element like elemental but it's actually really different I really like the world building like Lee Bardugo's a master at world building mm-hmm. it's so good so, I think we'll probably say that every episode honestly episode though it's gonna be a common refrain Lee we love it. <laughs> there she like the sand skips are really cool and if you have watched avatar which you should then it's it's it. very much like that just scaled way up to the point that they could get people and animals and provisions on it um so as they board they're on the boat mal is also on there um and then two ethereology so this is the type of grisha um that control they the ethereal key can summon the elements. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these specific ethereal key can summon wind. So um, we'll get into more of it a little bit later, but these two ethereal key are controlling the wind to push the sails, uh, or so the sails will push them across the fold, if that makes sense. So ethereal key is the first kind of Grisha that we'll mention. Um, they are um, order of summoners. And so we have squallers, which um, summon the air and the wind. And um, storms, too. And storms. Um, Inferni, Inferni? Inferni. Either or. Inferni. Both are correct. Um, are with fire. And then tide makers, shocker, water. Um, so we have those three ethereal key. Um, but anyway, we have two who are on the sand skiff who are controlling the wind, so the boat will set sail. Again, Mal and the other trackers are also on the boat. Um, the cartographers are kind of like in the back, like hiding a little bit um, because they're map makers. <laughs> they're like the nerds. Yeah. With we love, love nerds. We We're, are nerds. Nerds is a term of endearment mm-hmm. here, but it's true. And then the trackers are on the boat with rifles, like ready to attack if something happens. Um, and so as they head into the fold, everything goes dark. So again, the fold essentially is like death, shadow land. Um, it's really, really dark. And they can hear the wings of the Volcra flapping in the distance, which, like, scary. I'm very just, atmospheric, like, very scary. I'm thinking of, like, the bats in Austin, just, like, mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't do birds. I don't do bats. Um, so I absolutely will not do Volcra. <laughs> I do not do Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I, I'm terrified of birds and bats, and so I can tell you... If I were in the fold, I would just say, I'm out. I, I would simply not. <laughs> I would simply not. I would Bartleby the Scrivener out of that one. I prefer not to. Yeah. Um, so they're in the fold, and then on command, some Grisha send flames into the air at the Volcra. That's not the best idea, um, because it only angers them, and then they begin to attack the boat. Um, so Alina is there with her cartographer friend, Alexi, and... Um, he is grabbed by a Volcra and dragged away. And so while he's dragged away, Rip Alexi, um, Alina is screaming like, oh my gosh, Alexi, no, which like freaking out 
it's not the best because Volcra will attack where they hear something. Yeah. They're super sensitive to light and to sound. So she's like, oh no, Lexi. And then <laughs> here come the Volcra. Um, but then Mal comes and like, he comes to her side, is trying to protect her from the Volcra. And while that's happening, of course, everyone else on the boat is getting attacked by the Volcra as well. But while Mal, Mal is trying to protect Alina, he's attacked by one. And so Alina um, then kills it. Um, and I can't remember if it's with a rifle. I think it's with a rifle. I think it is. I have So this, this piece is where the quote at the beginning of the episode came from. It came from chapter two. Um, let me see here. I feel like it was with a rifle. I think so. She had... She might, I think she might have... He actually killed it in the book. And then oh. she killed it in the show. With the rifle. He shot it in the book. But didn't she, like, still stab it? I think she did stab it. That okay. happened regardless. Mal... Mal shot it. She stabbed it to get it off of him. Yes, that's what happened. That's what happened. Yep. Sorry, guys. We do not have photographic memories, unfortunately. So Volker comes, attacks Mal. He shoots it. Alina stabs it, and it flies away. So then Mal falls, and now Alina is rushing to his, his side, and he tells her that he'll meet her in the meadow, which is mm. a thing when they were kids. It's really, really cute. They put it in the show. Heart-wrenching in the show. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It... So good, really well done. But he tells her that he'll meet her in the meadow, which essentially when they were kids, that is the one place that they felt safe. Um, remember? Orphans. Tragedy. <laughs> it's If we have merch, we're going to have a, a sweatshirt that just says, remember orphans. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry to anyone who's listening. <laughs> it's fine. No, it's true. You're gonna it's edit true. That out. It's it's they only had each other, so that was a better way to put like, it. Because <laughs> they didn't have no parents, so they would just go to the meadow, and that's important for plot reasons, but also for friendship reasons. Yeah, and he's so essentially Mal's like he thinks he's going to die. Yeah, he's he's bleeding. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm literally dying right now. Um, Alina, I'll meet you in the meadow because he's still trying to comfort her because you know he's. He thinks that this is the last time that he's going to see her, um, but wants to, like, assure her that they will meet again, which is really sweet. Um, and then while she's trying to protect Mal, a Volcra grabs her um, and tries to, like, you know, take her away. But then everything goes white. Um, a huge flash of light happens. So instead of everything being dark, everything is really, really bright. Um, the Volcra scream and they disappear um, or leave. Mm -hmm. And then Alina falls to the deck, um, passed out. So right now, it's not looking super great for <laughs> either of the two characters that we've introduced. Both Mal and Alina are on the deck of this boat bleeding. But this is one thing I really like about um, Shadow and Bone, the book specifically, is that normally in young adult fiction with heavy world building, you have to wade through a lot more jargon to get to the I'm a what part of the book. And this is chapter two, and we're like, there is more to her than, than we're seeing. Because this moment in the fold, it goes from being, it's essentially like if somebody flipped a switch and it went from being midnight to noon, just instantly. So, and that's not something that happens in this universe. So we, we get it super early, and then the rest of the story can kick off from there, which I really like. Yeah. Again, fantastic world building by Miss Leigh Bardugo. 
Um, and we get to the point really quickly. There's not any lag in the book. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we are we are running. We hit the ground running and we don't stop running. Yes. We don't stop running. You don't stop running. You don't stop running. <laughs> Great. Um, it took all of 20 minutes to get a Shrek <laughs> reference. It has to be a record somewhere. <laughs> um, so now we're in chapter three. And so remember, Alina and Mal, both attacked by Volcra, pass out. Alina wakes up on the boat and she's like looking around for Mal. She's like, oh my gosh, where is he? Um, what's happening? And then she realizes that she's being guarded by Grisha and First Army soldiers. And she's being treated by a healer, um, which is a corporal, corporal, <laughs> you got it, corporal. Key. Let's give it a third. Yeah, corporal. Key. Okay. Um, sorry, guys. I When I was little, I had trouble with my R's and W's. And I still sometimes okay. have that when words have multiple R's or W's. And this has two R's. So it's corporal. Very, it's R heavy. Yes. So Corporalki, um, they're the order of the living and the dead. And those that branch of Grisha consists of heart renders and healers. So heart renders can slow someone's heart, stop someone's heart, do a lot with the heart. Um, and they can do some crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, which we'll get to later. And then healers who heal the body. Um, so Etherealki, earth, wind, fire. Um, <laughs> and then Corporalki... Um, essentially manipulating atoms within the body mm-hmm. um, and being able to heal. So she's being treated by a healer who's fixing her wounds that she got from the Volcra. And she's led back to camp at gunpoint when she literally has no clue what she did. She's like, she just woke up. She's like, did I do something wrong? She's like, literally, what is happening? Where is Mal? I don't know what I did. Um, and then she's led to the officer's tent and then the, I think the soldiers leave her there. And then mm-hmm. the Grisha take her to um, the Grisha tent. Again, glamping. glamping. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, really, like, fancily decorated. And she's like, oh, this can't be bad. Like, this is really nice. I'm I'm good. This is nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she led to – she's in the Grisha tent. She's like, oh, my gosh, this is nice. Um and then they lead Alina to a man that's in a black kefta, who is the Darkling. So also, a kefta is what the Grisha wear. And the color that they wear um, is dependent on which branch of Grisha. So the heart renders that we just talked about, they wear red kefta. And then the corporalki wear blue kefta. Um, and each one is lined with a different like thread, just mm-hmm. depending on what they can do. So um, I can't remember what it is for the corporal key, but for ethereal key, um, squallers have silver thread, inferni mm-hmm. have red, and then tide makers have blue. Blue. I feel like it's like blue on blue. I think. I think so. Really pretty. And then the material key, I can't remember what they have either. Purple and mm, we'll look into that before we come to a material key um, later in the book. Yes. Um, but that's what all the Grisha wear. That's how you determine that they are Grisha, whereas the first army just kind of wears regular military like standard issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she is in the Grisha tent and she's taken to a man in a black kefta who is the darkling. You're like, oh my gosh, why is he wearing black? That's so crazy. Well, because he went to Hot Topic recently. He did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he can summon shadows, um, which, you know, 
if y'all have hopefully you're reading along with us as we go through this book but if you have read it or have watched the show um putting a character in all black and calling him the darkling <laughs> um it's usually not oh there's our hero that's just like maybe like some unless red it's batman flags. like if it's not batman odds are good it's not the protagonist just like a few little red flags that no one is considering um you know but if you're wearing unless it's batman or johnny cash see see there i would say he's very byronic he's a a byronic hero for sure but he's not even i would say he's a byronic character the dark we'll get there um but again she's there the darkling's there she's like why am i being taken to the darkling (laughs) she's first of all she's like he's gorgeous Is it really? Yes. (laughs) Literally, one of the first things she says, I stared torn between fear and fascination. And then a couple other sentences. He had a sharp, beautiful face, a shock of thick black hair, and clear gray eyes that glimmered like quartz. Ben Barnes was the correct choice. See, in my annotations here, all I have is Ben Barnes in all caps, which makes a difference. (laughs) Works out really well. The actress who plays Alina, she had a Prince Caspian poster. I know. In her youth. (laughs) And so when she got to spend so much time with Ben Barnes, she was very happy, as I'm sure many of us would be. But he was was good casting because he's not, yes, he's in all black. Yes, he's called the Darkling. I think a lot of us know two plus two equals four. But. But not yet. We're establishing him as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she's there and she's like, why am I being taken here? Man, he's like kind of attract. He's not kind of. He's he's really attractive. Like what is going on here? Um, and then survivors from the incident are brought into the tent. Um, so people who were on the boat or the sand skiff um, are brought into the tent, including Mal. And then the Darkling asks the captain of the skiff what happened. He's like, hey, I wasn't on there. Like, why is everyone here? Like the Volcra kind of disappeared. Like, we've i've heard there is a bright light like what's going on it's also worth noting here that they didn't make it across they had to turn around and come back yeah because it only took them like five minutes before the fulcra attacked they they crossed so there are signposts within the fold that let you know how far you've gone in most of them are wrecked sand skiffs which is creepy um they had passed maybe two by the time that they had Mm -hmm. to turn back around um and so then the captain recounts the story Um, of what happened and Alina's like nodding her head she's like yeah that's exactly what happened um but he's like I don't know I didn't see the girl so she's like me like who (laughs) she's looking around like what What could that be I don't know that's so crazy that there was a girl I don't know who you're talking about either but then a cartographer steps up and they're like the light came from Alina and remember she was a cartographer or she is a cartographer so they know who she is and she's like why are you say, like why would you she's say like, that oh, don't lie she's like it literally wasn't me and then everyone else is like no it is her and she's like what is happening <laughs> she is being <laughs> she feels like she's being gaslit yeah. honestly <laughs> she does like y'all are full of it this is a conspiracy what's going on which to be fair i'd probably feel the same if everyone yeah. is telling me that i was glowing and i have no recollection of literally glowing light um so she's confused and everyone, people start discussing the legend of the Sun Summoner, who is supposed to be, again, a legend um, that can destroy the fold. And they're like, is it real? Is it not? And then Mal is like, hey, yeah, there was light. 
but I would know if Felina had powers. Mm-hmm. Like, she does, it wasn't her. Like, I would know. She tells me everything. Um, and Alina tells her that she did nothing. Or Alina tells them, she's like, I didn't do anything. And mm-hmm. then the Dark Queen's like, well, people have secrets already. Putting a little. Yes. Putting a little wedge. Push, in. Pushing that little pressure point there. Hmm. Take a sip of my Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Huh. Interesting. Um, and then the Darkling, Alina's still denying it. Mal is like, I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> he really is, though. Very, very, much, like very much a hero complex. And then mm-hmm, the Darkling's mm-hmm. like, hold out your arm and push up your sleeve. Which, like, he's like, let's, let's see then. Let's test it. Um, and so he tells her to do that. And then he claps. And <laughs> the room fills with shadow. Because, again, <laughs> that's his power. He has clap on, clap off lights. <laughs> It's true though. I like. I think like y'all hear shadows and you're thinking like, oh, that's no big deal. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And I do think we'll talk about the show a little bit in a second. But I think the show does a really good job of the way they portray the like. Mm-hmm. It's almost like dark fog rolling. Yeah, in, it's, which it's is like really the darkness cool. has a presence. It's not mm-hmm. just the absence of light. Yeah, it's the presence of darkness. Oh, I like that. That's a really good description. Thank you. Um, and so he's like, he, the entire room fills with shadows and it's dark. Um, he grabs Alina's wrist, which it's important to note that when he grabs her wrist, she feels calm and feels like a calling that she has to go towards like something. Surety. Yes. Um, which like a little bit of like his powers, her powers, but also like gaslighting still. <laughs> gaslighting her into feeling calm i wrote master manipulator there we go in the next couple of things it's so subtle it's stuff that if you were a teenage girl who your entire life has just been turned around it would not strike you as manipulative but in hindsight it's like crazy manipulative but like high pressure situation she's freaking out she's like i literally don't glow i'm panicking what's happening everyone is saying that i do and he grabs her and she's like oh calm Oh, I guess it's fine. Which, Which who yeah. among us, if Ben Barnes did that, would act otherwise? That's, you're correct. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, he cuts her arm like a like a little cut. Like a little like spiky ring. Well, that's in the show. That's right. In the in the book, it's not. Um, and he cuts her arm and the room fills with light and the shadow disappears. And she's like, what is happening? Mal is like, oh my gosh, how could she not tell me? Who are you? I can't believe you wouldn't tell me that. Um, and people are like, oh my gosh, it is real. And then the Darkling tells one of his guards to escort Alina to the little palace. And the little palace is where the Grisha train. Um, so where they essentially learn to harness and, um, perfect their powers. And Alina's like, I know light just came out of me. That's a mistake. It's not me. <laughs> Somebody messed up. It, it was a mistake. Can't, mm-hmm. could not be me. Um, and the Darkling's like, you have no idea what you are. Um, and as she is whisked away um, to the carriage, to the little palace, she sees Mal and makes eye contact with him. And she try, like she wants to go to him tell him, like, this, I don't know like, what's going on. I'm lost. I didn't know. Um, but she can't because his guards are, like, taking her. So, prisoner. Um, mm-hmm. Darkling thinks it's for her own good. But she has no agency in this situation. Yeah. Zero idea. He, he bundles her up and sends her off. And the little palace is not cute like the little prince. It's like, we'll get into it. 
Yeah. I think we arrive there by the end of chapter five, so we'll get there. Do we want to um, talk about the show, chapter three versus like the show? Yeah. Do we want to go back and forth, chapter show? We've kind of been doing We've that. We've kind of been doing that naturally, okay. so yeah. So whereas we've just went over having in the book, in the show, um, she wakes up and she's like, where's Mal? And he, they they tell her that um, first army goes to like the like somewhere else first aid yeah you know? basically and she's being treated by a healer and she's like kind of like why am i being treated by a healer like i am first like i should be with them and um on the show the character zoya who we'll meet a little bit like she's kind of been introduced already but as a yeah. minor character like, so she'll be introduced later in this last chapter that's like a brunette gave a tinkly laugh that's zoya she becomes more important later on mm-hmm. But she's like, get her to the general. So in the show, she's not held at gunpoint and taken to the general. And also in the show, she thinks that she's being taken to the general because she was not supposed to be on the sand skiff. The Mm, sand skiff, mm -hmm. um, the cartographers were not supposed to be on there, but Mal was. And so she sabotaged some maps so she would be on the ship as well. So she thinks that she's been caught and that the entire thing is her fault and she's going to go be tried for that mistake. Um, but she's taken to the tent, and on the show, she's brought in, and the Darkling is fa- not facing her. Uh, he's facing, like, the back of the room, mm-hmm. and she, like, walks in, and he doesn't turn around, and he's, like, closer. <laughs> <laughs> and she takes, like, one step forward, and then he turns around, mm-hmm. um, and he's like, what are you? And she's like, a map maker. <laughs> um, and people are, like, laughing. They're like, LOL, It's no. like, I'm there. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, I'll be in the next season if you guys want me to. That'd be incredible. Um, and uh, everyone's like, no, she was literally glowing light. Like, light came from her face. She's like, mm, I don't think so. She said, that sounds fake. That wasn't me. Um, and then the Darkling walks up to her in his black kefta, black boots with spurs on his heels. And mm-hmm. he takes a ring off his pinky finger um, <laughs> and puts it on his thumb. And when he does that, like a little claw little comes spike. out. Yeah. And instead of asking her to roll up her sleeve, mm-hmm. he just grabs her arm and, just, and rolls it up, rolls up her sleeve and like cuts her arm. Which, like, let's talk about consent for a second. Mm -hmm. At least in the book, he was like, I mean, he told her to do it. But, yeah, you know, let's ask. Yeah. Let's say. Let's ask. Hey, Alina, um, so we think you might have glowed. Can you? (laughs) We should have just picked her up and shook it around like a a glow stick. (laughs) (laughs) Just takes her arm, cracks it, and shakes it around a little bit. She just had seven her. Can you believe? No, there is. I just said, do the hokey pokey just, and put your arm in and shake it. <laughs> and then her arm glows. See, I'm just picturing him at, like, around both shoulders, like. <laughs> her eyes are like bobbling around. I'm just imagining her dancing and she like moves like one yes. arm and just one arm glows. <laughs> anyway, she's glowing. And in the show, Mal is getting treated at first aid. And mm-hmm. he's like, I have to find her. They've made a mistake. It's not her. And then he sees. A light shoots like, up out of the tent. He's like, hmm, she lied to me. Again, very much, I must find the Avatar, which I know that reference is lost on some of us. Sorry. But it's fine. But, yeah, it's like a signal. And then they don't get to see each other Mm-mm. in the show. Well, she's put after. in the carriage. Yeah. And then she's like, I didn't know. And she's like, 
being whisked away in the carriage. She yeah. sees Mal. She's like, I didn't know. And he's like trying to get her. He's like, she's kind of desperately like you get the sense that she thinks this might be the last time she gets to talk mm-hmm. to him and face to face. And so it's like really important that she tells him that he knows that she had no idea. Mm-hmm. And he's just like sad in the middle of the road. Boo. Sad. Mm. So. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Let's deal with our emotions. And then we get to chapter four. And now we're in chapter four. So chapter four, um, the Darklings guard, Ivan, or in the show, Yvonne, Yvonne. Um, takes Alina to, dar- to the Darklings carriage. And Alina's like, I literally don't want to get in. This has been a mistake. She's I- like acting up and I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, she's like, there's been a mistake. I don't know how light literally just came out of me. Like, not a thing. And Ivan tells her that soon the Fjordans and the Shuhan will find out um, about her power and so she's not safe because those are their enemies and they have to get her to Os Alta which is the capital of Ravka mm-hmm. um, and Jordan again talked about the Fjordans and Chuhan do you want to explain that again yeah so Ravka is this country that's kind of bisected by the fold so that weakens them economically of course and there's some cultural differences on both sides of the fold as well then to the north is the Fjordans those kind of very Scandinavian very Norse like heavily Norse culture inspired <laughs> they love cheese and then to the south <laughs> to the southeast <laughs> we have it's like pickled herring they literally there's nowhere in the books is cheese mentioned <laughs> i know he said oofta that makes me think of wisconsin <laughs> i don't know why and then to the southeast there we are have, a lot of scandinavian people in wisconsin i'm telling you there. they like cheese <laughs> so the cheese eating feared are to the north and then <laughs> to the southeast, we have the Shuhan, and they're kind of separated from Ravka by um, this mountain range that I'm not even going to try to pronounce currently. I'll, I'll give it a shot later on. Um, so Ravka is kind of a, a a very, in like a precarious geographic, political, and economic position, which is why journeys across the fold are really important. Um, but yeah, so... The capital is kind of like in the middle of the country, so it's like the most well-defended area. But they're basically surrounded, like, jokers to the left of me, clowns to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Like, they're just trying to keep what land they have. So, super not great. Um, (laughs) So, that's a huge bummer. (laughs) As someone with a political science degree, they are not in a good situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Can confirm. Um, So, uh, Ivan's like, our... Our enemies are going to know what you can do. Like, you're not safe. Um, we have to get you to Osalta, um, where the little palace is. And so eventually Ivan gets her in the carriage. And there's a few other Grisha, including a healer that is tending to Alina's wounds. Because um, she still has them. Because they just, like, fixed her up so she could, you know, be alive when she met the Darkling. <laughs> yeah. But she still got some to go. And so in the book, it's described, like, the healer, while she's fixing her wounds, it, like, is immediate mm-hmm. um, and tingles, but like doesn't hurt. Um, and so then she's better. And then Ivan's like, give Alina your kefta. And Alina's like, what? Um, but then he explains that keftas were made by uh, materialki, who, which are the third branch of the Grisha. And so they do material and they have duris and alchemy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't remember the difference between the two. So alchemy, I think, are more like combustible chemicals. Oh, yes. And then durists are more like metals. Like, 
It's basically the, the difference in different types of engineering, kind of. Hmm. I could have probably inferred that by the what their names are. You anyway. Know, you're good. Um, so that the captives were made by material key and are bulletproof. Um, cool. And then Alina's like, mm, that's like not super fair that y'all have these and essentially magic powers, but it's a small science. Um, <laughs> whereas the first army literally have to fend for themselves. Like they don't have. She's like, my pants are made out of flour sacks. Yeah. And y'all are. <laughs> Y'all are glamping and have bulletproof keftas. (laughs) That are beautiful also. Yeah, that are absolutely gorgeous. Um, She's like, that's really not fair. Um, We're going to look at the differences between not only the way they are treated, but like how much money they get and how they're valued within the country that they are. So clearly, Grisha are more valued and um the first first army normal people are not as valued but that also creates tension between them Mm -hmm. because the first army is like we are putting our lives on the line and we're getting nothing whereas the grisha already have these great powers and they're being spoiled by the capital like that isn't fair so it creates tension um Mm -hmm. within the people who are fighting on the same side but then we also have the enemies from either side and then a literal stretch of darkness in the middle of their country and then other people on the other side of that stretch of darkness who maybe they don't want to be part of the mainland anymore Mm -hmm. it's a whole thing it's not great so lots of divide is happening um but alina won for justice you know um she's like that's not fair um one of the grisha who's in the carriage introduces himself um as fedir and Fedir in the show, absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Fedir in the book, grow to like. And yeah, really thoroughly enjoy in the book, but love in the show. Yeah. Um, he introduces himself to Alina, and he explains to her that the fold has been weakening Ravka, which we kind of talked about. And Alina, who is essentially a sun summoner, because she can summon light, is a new hope for their country and could potentially destroy the fold. Miss Starkov, tear down this wall. Yes. Basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Thank you. Um, That's a good one. I was sitting here like, how am I going to say this? Like, <laughs> Just like time. that. That's fantastic. Um, so she's a new hope for their country. No pressure for a seven, 17? 17, I think, she, I think. For a 17-year, or a teenager. We'll just go a with teen. that. A teen, yes. For a teen um, to, like, the entire weight of the country is on her shoulders immediately. And five minutes ago, she did not know that she had that power. So, like... No pressure for her. Um, But because of what she can do, essentially destroying the fold could strengthen their country, but that's seen as a target for their enemies. Um, And then Ivan asks her, how how did she hide her powers? Because in Ravka, um, all kids are tested to see if they're Grisha. And Alina's kind of like, no. She doesn't really answer him. Yeah, she gives kind of a non-answer. Yeah. Um, Alina, she doesn't tell him that she... So Alina wasn't tested when she was a kid, but she doesn't tell him that. She just kind of evades it. She's like, "Ah, like, there's been a mistake. (laughs) I don't test well. You should look at my GPA instead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she skits around that answer, skirts around that answer, and is like, there's been a mistake. Um, the Darkly must have done something to make me glow because, like, he grabbed my wrist and I felt, I felt something. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't keep it in. <laughs> I think we all felt something. Oh, my God. But, <laughs> no, um, it's true. And this, this brings us to another really good piece of world building. Yeah. 
Do you want to explain the amplifier? Ivan's like, oh, the Darkling is a living amplifier, which... Which is something that amplifies, as the name would suggest, <laughs> um, Agrisha's abilities. So I think it's Ivan who has the bear claws, right? Mm-hmm. So he, like, very much like Dr. Sweet in Atlantis when he pulls out, like, his big necklace at the beginning. Um, he pulls this these bear claws on a chain out of his shirt, and he's like... This there's like these big, not so much magical, but just like special beasts in the world, and some of them are natural am- amplifiers as well. And so he killed this bear, which means he got the bear's power, kind of. And it just amplified his power. Yeah. Like it made. It's like the bear's energy. Yes. Was added to his energy, and his and he could increase his output basically. So wearing the bear claws, like enhances his natural ability as a Grisha. And so normally you have to kill something to take to have that from an amplifier whereas the darkling that's just how he is like he touches another grisha and it's gonna immediately amplify their abilities um but also ivan's like only the people only the grisha who are closest to the darkling mm-hmm. get an amplifier like fedger doesn't have one throws him under the <laughs> carriage Fedger's like thanks a lot yeah um so he has one um, Zoya, who we mentioned earlier, we'll talk about more later. She also has one, but the Darkling is a living amplifier. Um, so this amplifier, they, oh, yeah. So then they continue traveling in the carriage. You know, carriages aren't super fast. Um, so <laughs> in case you didn't know, in case you didn't know, this just in, <laughs> carriages, carriages are, are slow. not super fast. Um, Better for the environment than, like, a truck, but... But still super slow. Yeah. In this economy, there's no ethical consumption under carriages. Yeah. Um, also, poor horsies. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's true. It's true. So, not the fastest mode of travel. Um, th- that's why this is a pretty exposition-heavy chapter, because they got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And it's a good way to kind of naturally build in some of that road trip dialogue that helps the reader and Alina understand what's going on in the world. Before we get to the next part, it is important to note that the Firidans, because of their proximity to Ravka, are staunchly anti-Grisha. Mm-hmm. It's part of their religion. Like, their their cultural... Even if they're not part of the religion, like, the Firidan culture is super against Grisha, which is important because... Fear. But... Yes. I mean, it's not important because fear, but no. they fear the Grisha because they have powers, and they're like, this goes against Jell... Del? Del? I don't know. I've been, I said Del in my head when I was reading it, but it, it could be. We'll look up how to pronounce that. It has to be in season one at some point. It has to be, surely. Um, but um, they're traveling for a few days, um, and Fedjir makes nice conversation because he's a good person, um, nice. and Alina's literally thrust into this new environment. But like Jordan was saying, Fjordan's enemies, and then they're riding in their carriage, and it stops because there's a tree in the road. You're like, what is a tree doing in the road? That's if you've watched Once Upon a Time, you know a tree in the road is no good. It's not good. Um, and the soldier who's telling them that there's a tree in the road, we're going to have to wait, gets shot by the Fjordans. The Fjordan witch hunters. Yes. Oh, yes. That's what they're called. Um, they The witch hunters are called Druskella. Um, which we'll get to more when we talk about Six of Crows mm-hmm. and my favorite character. So all of a sudden the Fjordans are attacking the carriage and um, Fedzir gives Alina a knife and he's like, here you go. Um, and the rest of them leave the a carriage. <laughs> no! 
the rest of them leave the carriage to defend Alina. Um, Cause essentially she's like the only hope that Ravka has right now. And so there's a battle outside. Um, and uh, Alina like curls up under the seat of the carriage. She's like, literally what's going on. There's a fight. Like, I don't know what's happening. And then two Fjordans or Druskela. Um, that was more. That was so good though. Thank you. Thank you. That was very Nina. Oh, thanks. We love Nina. We'll get to her later. Um, two Druskela um, open the door to the carriage and like pull her out. And she starts to run away. Um, but obviously they catch her. Um, and she's like, there's been a mistake. I'm, I'm not what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are about to like kill her when the Darkling and more of his soldiers ride to where they are and the Darkling cast shadows over the area. So making it really dark. Um, and the Grisha kill one of the Fjordans and one of them is still trying or kill some of the Fjordans and one is still trying to attack Aline and he's like, I can't see you, but I can still kill you. Um, and then the Darkling literally, literally cuts him in half with his powers. Using a technique called the cut that only summoners like the Darkling can do. So it's basically like honing the darkness until it's so dark and so thin and so precise that it's literally like a scythe. And he just fully bisects my homie. Like just... Dust and spaghetti never forget to appeared in like <laughs> And poor Alina, the show did this really well. It's yeah. just like blood spattering on her face and she's just like, What the she's th- like what just happened? She's super confused. I mean, again, she's just been thrust into this world and then she sees a guy who's trying to kill her literally be split in half by the Darkling. Um, so after that, he draws the shadows back and then, um, the Darkling decides that he's going to take Alina. He's going to ride with her to Little Palace. On his horse. On his horse. Two people, one horse. Um, (laughs) and they send the carriage, um, and like a whole bunch of other Grish. That's our spinoff equestrian podcast. (laughs) Two people, one horse. That's it. Oh my gosh. It's just horse sounds for an hour. I think, and we haven't mentioned this yet, I don't think, the fold was initially created by a Darkling, Mm -hmm. which is part of this Darkling's quest, and why Alina's so important. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like, oh, I have to, because he's in charge, and he feels like, oh, I have to, I have to get rid of it, because, like, one of my ancestors was the one who created it, Um, and so he's like, we need to protect her, but he takes her and rides with her to the little cal- to the little palace, and then they send the carriage off as a decoy, um, so in case they are attacked again, then it's like... And there's a very strangely intimate moment on the horse where he takes his gloves off, so she's in front of him, I think? I assume so. He's not going to put his arm behind him. <laughs> It's already kind of awkward, but also like, huh? So she's she's riding in front of him on his double wide horse in the horse's side carriage. No, she's riding in front of him and he takes off his glove. And remember, he's an amplifier. And when he touches her, she feels like calm, calm and sure. And he takes off his glove and he slides it up under her hair onto like the nape of her neck for just like for a while. I guess. And she, like, is able to fall asleep on a horse. Which, like, that must be some really great sleep. That would be lovely to sleep I did not think you were going to say sleep. But (laughs) (laughs) it is. I truly don't understand how you can sleep on a horse. But I guess 
Ben Barnes is holding the back of your neck. Anything's possible. <laughs> it's so, literally not in the show, Jordan. I know it's not. <laughs> but that's who I see when I read the book now. That's fair. So, um, so it's like this strange, intimate moment, which I think it says a lot mm-hmm. about their relationship. And again, it's the only calming thing that she has felt since her world has been upturned. So that's like another reason she kind of just like inherently trusts him. Mm-hmm. But comparing this chapter to the show, mm-hmm. um, we kind of talked about it. She and Mal, she sees Mal through the carriage. She's like, I didn't know. I didn't know. They're traveling um, in the carriage with, um, in the show, it's just Ivan and Fedzir. Mm-hmm. And in the show, they are a couple, which we which love. Which I love. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Speak, Valentina. Ally. <laughs> Um, which we love. They're so sweet. Like, they're literally like an old married couple. Like, it's so cute. They're like cute. grumpy and happy. Yes. We love it. Yes. Um, same thing happens that the Fjordans attack and um, Alina's taken and out. Hateful. And then um, in the show, it's just the Darkling who rides in and like slides off his horse, swings <laughs> his cape, and then does the cut um, and kills the Fjordan. Um, and then he does take Alina to the little palace. Does um, not put his hand on the back of her neck, but they no. do ride on the horse together. And they do have a conversation where she's like, literally, what was that? Like, that was yeah. crazy. She's like, I thought you could just like dim a room. What's <laughs> going on here? He's like, oh, only in like, Nobody shares my burden. <laughs> He's like, like only, only in like severe situations do I do that. It was just so scary. I just like really needed you alive. And so that no, was like No, literally, he, he was like, I feared for your life. And so I don't like to do that but I did it. Like, very tortured. Spoiler alert. He does like to do that. He does. <laughs> so. he's, he's very much playing up, like, the, the poor, tortured soul. Yeah. Woe is me. Yeah. Um, but I love how dramatic it is in this show when he literally slides off his horse. And yes, his cape it's is a moment. Billowing. He, like, watched... I've, and truly, it feels like this more in the show, but it does also feel like this in the book. Like, he was watching for a moment where he could swoop in mm-hmm. and be the hero of the oh, situation. Yeah. And, you know, we're just going to get this out of the way now. In in the book, it's they describe their hand movements to, like, use their powers, the Grisha. In the show, they essentially have, like, their... Um, index finger Mm -hmm. and middle finger Mm -hmm. and then their thumb out and kind of like do a little movement um yeah we are in texas we are in the south um (laughs) which means sorority culture is really really big here and it looks like the hand sign for a coyote that is hilarious i had not (laughs) thought about that and i love the show and every time they do their hands because they do like like, yeah they're like, like this and I'm yeah, like, this is an audio medium, but you you get the gist. <laughs> yeah, they're they it, do it, the movement. It is very, it's very much. It gives. And I'm just thinking, Doctor like, Strange a little boom, bit. Boom, boom. I want to go Alpha Kai. Boom, boom. <laughs> um, <laughs> the darkling slides off the source. Hey, sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my only um, thing that I find absolutely hilarious. Just- <laughs> It takes you out of it a little bit. Yeah, just I'm one step removed anytime they do that. Um, So now on to chapter five. Chapter cinco, if you will. (laughs) I'm bilingual. (laughs) Not to brag or anything. (laughs) But no one's going to listen to this podcast. (laughs) That's not true. That's not true. 
Um, so we kind of discussed this. They're riding Alina in the darkness. Uh, darkness. <laughs> Our mommies will listen to this podcast. And that's good enough for me. But Christy can. Hi, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Robin. If you're listening. <laughs> um, so the Darkling and Alina are riding to the little palace. Um, and then eventually in the book, she gets her own horse. Um, oh, she does. Yeah, I which is like. That. Where does it come from? Where did it go? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Why is her horse named Cotton that show? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll get back on track. No, that's great. <laughs> um, so she she gets her own horse, but she's like always aware of where the Darkling is. Um, and he like doesn't really talk to her. She's like, did I offend him? Like, what did I do? Like, oh my gosh. This is a common theme with Elena is that people have bad reactions and she immediately like thinks it's her fault which same i also i it's i understand that she's a relatable Mm -hmm. character for that reason Mm -hmm. but like she's literally just doing her best (laughs) and she's like did i make him mad it's like she he put his bare hand on the back of your neck he should be answering to you but yeah that's neither here nor there um so they're riding and they ride for a few days and they stop and she like goes to a stream to wash her face and she's worried about what's going to happen once they get to Little Palace because she thinks she's like, she still thinks that there's been a mistake, that it's a fluke, that what has happened isn't real. And she's like, I'm going to disappoint the king. Like, it's not going to work. No, she's been gaslit mm-hmm. into imposter syndrome. Yes. Like literally. Which, you know what? Hopefully she finds her worth later. She will grow um, boss eventually. Girl boss, gaslight, gatekeep. Like <laughs> gatekeep is the darkling for sure right now. Also, he's gaslight, also gaslight. But we want Alina to girl boss, <laughs> and I would love for her to gaslight the honestly darkling and be, gatekeep. Well, yeah, eventually. we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, but she's like cleaning her face, and she's like really worried. Um, and then she's like imagining. She's like, oh my gosh, they're they're probably gonna kill me. Like they are they are going to realize that they made a mistake, and they're just gonna kill me. And she's like, I didn't even get to say goodbye to Mal. Like, I didn't get to say goodbye. Oh, so sad. And she imagines saying goodbye and apologizing for falling in love with him. And then the Darkling is automatically there. And he's like, it's like he has like a little like alarm that goes off yeah. every time she thinks about Mal. <laughs> he's like, why are you smiling? Is it because of me? <laughs> so, Mr. Where's my hug at? <laughs> um, so. Is it because of me? <laughs> so true. Um. And so she's, like, imagining that and whatever. She's, like, essentially kind of mourning what could have been. Yeah, like, she knows Um, life is never going to be the same. Yeah, but she's, like, happy imagining Mal because he's been, essentially, he has been the only constant in her life, and that's just been taken away. So she's, like, smiling to herself. Um, And then there, Alina and the Darkling are, like, standing there, and he's studying her, and she's, like, becomes very aware of how dirty she is and how he still looks perfect after days of like being on a horse mm-hmm. and she's like what that's weird like hmm, <laughs> red flag number two um but she's like i'm not grisha look at me this mm-hmm. should be enough evidence like i don't look like a grisha um and the darkling's like you just don't understand and they go back to camp <laughs> <laughs> um alina really wants to hit him she's like I really need him to listen to me. Like, maybe if I hit him, he'll listen. Um, she's like, nah, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> she considers violence, but ultimately decides against it. Which, eh, you know. Mm. 
It is what it is. But this is still, like, it's been kind of casual, but the Darkling is really only second to the king. Mm-hmm. It's like the king rules the normal people, and, well, normal's a bad word here, but, you know, the king rules the non-Grisha, and the Darkling rules the Grisha. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a, a distinct power balance there that will be explored throughout the rest of the book as well. Mm-hmm. So they go back to camp, and, like, it's not just Lean and the Darkling, it's other Grisha. And she's like, the Darkling is, like, sitting next to his soldiers. He's, like, one of them. Like, He's oh just gosh. one of the boys. He's, like, so, um, he has so much humility. Like, oh, my gosh. And then the Darkling's like, hmm, she's staring at me. And he goes over <laughs> and, like, sits with her. Um, and he asks, he invites her to ask questions. And first, she asks him how old he is, which, like, good question. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you, you know he, he literally's like i don't know i forgot it's the i'm it's 17 so how long have you been 17 <laughs> a while <laughs> that's how he delivers that, is, that line that is literally the conversational lean in the darkling happened he's like yes i'm 120 um red flag number three <laughs> um, but he explains that like grisha get stronger and they live longer and especially if they have amplifiers they live longer and he's a living amplifier so it's been alive a long time yeah um, and then he's like, tell me what you've heard about me. Um, which full of himself. Um, <laughs> if there's one thing he loves, it's himself. Which fair. But which like, you know. I would too, if I was Ben Barnes. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about book darkling. Yes. Um, book darkling is very just, much like, so like, what do like people say about me? Yeah. <laughs> like just totally ego really wants to know. Um, and she tells him like some rumors that she's heard and yada, yada, yada. And, um, that the Darklings are evil and that's why one of them created the shadow fold. And she's like, I feel kind of bad saying that. Um, but no one really, no one who's not Grisha trusts Grisha that I talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. So there's that distrust of the people who aren't Grisha versus the Grisha. Um, and they especially don't trust the Darkling because he is the leader of and there's only one of him which makes him like i mean it sounds horrible to say but makes him a rare commodity he's the only one he's not like other guys (laughs) (laughs) i'm so different (laughs) and then uh, he says my great 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 grandfather was the black heretic the one who created the shadow fold which that's funny but (laughs) i've never seen the movie trolls i've just (laughs) it'll make sense when i get to it um but i there's this one plot point and i watched this clip i can't even remember when but one of the trolls doesn't sing and the other the anna kendrick troll is like why don't you sing and he goes because singing killed my grandma (laughs) and it's played totally straight and it's hilarious to me and so the my great great granddad was the one who did that had the same energy to me allegedly yeah he said it was a mistake an experiment born of his greed maybe his evil i don't know but he does know (laughs) (laughs) um and then the darkling's like ever he's like all darklings have been trying to fix it Mm -hmm. it was a mistake like i have such a bad rap like i am the og bad boy and i just want to be a good boy so misunderstood yeah yes and then he's like alina you're the first hope we've had in years and then he's like they're gonna build a nuclear bomb we have to be make sure that grisha are on top he's literally like technology is advancing and if we can't continue like our place in society as grisha then like where do we fit in with all of this and again he's like you're you can destroy the fold like you're the first hope we've Mm -hmm. had in years you're my only hope oh 
<laughs> Help me, Alina Starkov. <laughs> You're my only hope. You're my only hoe, more like. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives her a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and they're on their way. Like, they continue on their way. Um, and then they get there. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, they reach Os Alta. Um, and uh, Alina's like, oh, this is where we train for the military. We, meaning she and Mal, but they, like, never actually visited the city. They ride through um, the city, and she's like, oh, it's not as great as I thought it was. It's kind of like Cramson, mm-hmm. where she grew up. Um, but then they cross the bridge, and it's, like, beautiful. But then they get close to the palace. So, obviously, people who have money um, have the nicer nicer um, areas. Again, Lee Bardugo bringing awareness to mm-hmm. the... Um, poverty level the what is it the wealth disparity yeah um, there you go. not only that we are currently experiencing but she does it so well in her book that you're like oh my gosh this is so awful like these poor villagers have nothing um and the people who have a whole bunch of money have all the power and they have all the say and it's really not fair that's happening today folks um <laughs> i know it's not funny the way you said it was funny i'm sorry don't um, be sorry we love justice here um, I hate justice personally. <laughs> no, we are all about justice. But I, I do think it's, she is really, she does a really good job of mm-hmm. putting these real life situations yes. so much into the fantasy that you're like, that's awful. And then like you go outside and you're like, oh, I live in Ravka. This is happening now. Yeah. Like, that's a much better way of putting it. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> um, so they're going in, they're like riding in the, in the city and the darkling comes up next to Lee and he's like, what do you think? And she's like, oh my gosh. Like, I've never seen anything like it. And he's like, it's ugly. Um, <laughs> it looks like shit, doesn't it? <laughs> and then they like keep going and enter where like the little palace is. And so the little palace where the Grisha train, um, it's bigger than the grand palace, um, which is where the royal family lives. And they're like right next to each other. Cause again, Darkling is like, essentially second in command there's a whole like separate but equal kind of thing going on in the capital um and it's like for ceremonial purposes the king has power but the darkling really is the one who pulls the strings he's running the show Mm -hmm. um so they go in to the little palace um and servants like rush to take the horses and Alina's just, like, following everyone into the building. She's like, this is kind of crazy. Um, and then the Darkling pulls some peop- some of the servants aside and, like, motions to Alina. Um, and they go up to her, and she follows them uh, and goes up to a room. Um, what was I saying? Oh, sorry. Um, sorry. Reading my notes. Um, <laughs> so she follows the woman up to her room. Um, and it's a gigantic room with a huge bed. She's never had anything like it, but she's like, Alina's like, oh, I don't need food. Um, and the woman's like, oh, you better rest. Um, but lock your door. Mm-hmm. Or the woman tells her. Yeah. To lock she her says, door, make yeah. sure you lock your door. So like, and she's, and Alina's kind of like, eh. And the woman says as a precaution and then leaves. Which like, that's not what you want to hear in a new no. place where you don't know how to use your powers like you're separated from your support system and then they're like oh lock your door just as a precaution you just found out that multiple countries are trying to kill you 
um not super great no bad situation Mm -hmm. and that's where we end Mm -hmm. for chapter five um and then in the show we'll talk about that so show um it happens a little bit shorter of course um alina and the darkling ride to the little palace um and she goes they go into the into the little palace and she's led um by servants and she asks the darkling she's like am i a prisoner Mm -hmm. and he's like we're all prisoners which that means yes just say yes um like don't lie she knows what's going on and then she's taken to her room and i think they actually lock it yeah uh-huh. i think i think she like goes to turn the knob and like it will mm-hmm. open or something like that and so she's like in her room and it's again grander than anything she's ever seen but she's like i can't get out of here and she's looking for any kind of weapon that she can find to like keep herself safe um and she just finds like a letter opener but whole new mm-hmm. world um has been thrust out of everything the only person that she thinks that she kind of may be able to trust is the darkling but like he's super powerful um and she's just really confused at what's going on yeah and there's a huge power dynamic there because in in the book and i think that the actress does a really good job of portraying this in the show as well she can't separate in her mind that he only looks kind of older than her Mm -hmm. like he looks maybe three or four years older than she is but there's this inherent power differential because he is that we know over a century old and -hmm. it's like there's no way that's ever going to be an equal partnership with the difference in lived experiences so not super great it's whack Um, alina has a lot going on a lot to um digest a lot to unpack a lot to unpack and the darkling is just vibing while she's panicking um which will kind of be a theme i think i think so i think i think especially in book one his main thing is vibing until like the end yeah that's pretty accurate um so that is chapters one through five of shadow and bone thank you for joining us and listening yeah to us talk about our favorite book series welcome to the grishaverse welcome we're gonna go through five through ten next week but until then happy happy heisting heisting. (laughs) bye